Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Happy Wednesday, Edwin. Happy Wednesday, Andrew. Wednesday, the middle of the week. Yes, it is. Belovedly referred to as hump day around here. Yes, you do. (laughs) Yes, you do. Because uh, we're heading on into the weekend now, but uh, yep, yep, yep. But we're working hard today. Love to start the day in the Word of God, and with you, my friend, having a little devotional time and prayer. It's a great way to start the day. Thank you. I enjoy and, it with you uh, as well. Today it's going to be John chapter two. Today, John chapter two, and talking more about this sign we yes. see in Cana of Galilee. I'm going to read verses 1 through 12 again, this time from the English Standard Version. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water now become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. I appreciate that so much. As we take a second look at this um, wedding in this situation, uh, I think Part of the challenge here is there's going to be some real embarrassment. There's going to be some real catastrophe, perhaps, in this wedding celebration because the providers of the feast have not do not have adequate provision. Do not have adequate provision. I think about when the Lord talks about counting the cost. If you're going to be a disciple, okay, count the cost. And he gives his illustration. Do you have enough money if you're going to start building the tower to finish the tower? Do you have enough soldiers in your army? Are you going to go fight and win the war or are you going to lose the war? If you're going to throw a wedding, do you have enough provision for all of the guests? Oops. Oops. (laughs) Oops. Oops, not here. (laughs) One of the things that grabs my attention on this, first of all, is just the way Jesus' mother handles this. Okay. Okay. I I guess she must be friends. She she has some kind of vested interest in the reputation of, of the of the people involved yeah. here. She and finds it, out somehow that this this thing is happening. I mean, honestly, like I said yesterday, just talking about some of the why it's kind of weird that this is the one that's highlighted because again, I mean, you said catastrophe, but really how much of a catastrophe is it that wedding feast didn't have enough wine? Well, it's okay. You're right. No no one is is dying yeah. because of this. It's a little personal embarrassment. But it is embarrassing. And it, it is a cultural faux pas. Okay, in in a culture that really values doing these things right. So for some reason, Mary believes, one, something should be done about this. Two, she has no idea what to do, but she thinks her son, Jesus, can do something about it, Mm -hmm. which I just sit back and wonder, why? Why does she think that 
at all. What what does she expect Jesus to do about this? But she expects something. Something yeah. has occurred. Something has gone on. Well, you know, I know that she has treasured things up in her heart from from his birth, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, so she, she's been knowing him a few years now, about thirty. So why why would she expect him to do something about this? And what kind of thing would it yeah. be? I mean, after all, he's a carpenter. No, you're right. He, he's not a he's you're not right. a vine keeper. He's not a master of a feast. He's not an event coordinator. He's been a <laughs> the craftsman, wedding, the wedding planner. <laughs> but but she expects him to do something about this. Yeah. And so then she, so she comes to him. Yeah. And Jesus, you know, I know it's a weird statement to us as he refers to her as woman, and that seems very disrespectful to us. But I, I think there's some cultural things going on there. But basically, he has kind of an idiomatic phrase that says, "I mean, what do you expect me to do about this? What what is what is this?" right now i mean my hour has not come what what are you wanting me to do it's kind of the the whole thing and she doesn't really respond to that she just turns to the servants and says well do whatever he tells you (laughs) and so so in in in, uh in business they call that assuming the sale assuming the sale he's gonna do i've told him he's gonna do something he's a good boy well so so that's the second thing is that number and i don't know maybe second and third all at the same time is that even though he has responded this way she now expects him to do something about it. <laughs> it seems like it. And so, yeah, the third thing is that she has told him, and so he does. <laughs> Even while he has claimed, mm-hmm. it's not my hour, what is? what do you want me to do about this? Yeah. He now does it. And again, I said yesterday, I don't think this miracle is here to tell us about the honor of weddings, even though marriage is honorable. And I don't think this is here really to tell us about respecting his mother. And yet I can't help but see what we find is Jesus respects his mother. He does respect his mother. There is a sensitivity, if I can use that word. There's a sensitivity to the moment, to the because of the culture that that it not be soured. Okay. Yet keeping in mind that the whole reason why he does this is demonstrated he's not actually trying to save somebody from embarrassment, but actually this ends up being a reason why the disciples will believe in him. Mm-hmm. So we once again we're going to find out about the signs and the miracles that what we might think is the reason is not necessarily the reason. The reason is simply this, and John will point it out at the end of the book. I showed you these signs because these things were done mm-hmm. so you would believe he's mm-hmm. the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God, and by believing, have life in his name. Yeah. So there's all these things here that I find interesting, but the one I really want to highlight. Well, and to that point, before you go on, verse 11 specifically says, and his disciples believed in him. Yes, yes. You know, for that for that purpose. And remarkable to me in verse 12, when he and, and, and the group leave the wedding, the wedding's over, who gets listed? His mother, his brothers, mm-hmm. and his disciples. And so there's some folks there, his brothers particularly, we're going to find as we continue reading John. Don't believe. They don't believe. They're yeah. not believers. Yeah, you're right. But here they are in attendance at the same event. Well, at the beginning of John, we already were told there's going to be two reactions. Mm -hmm. Some will believe and receive and some will not. Those who believe and receive get to be children of God. Yeah. And we're going to we're going to see that dividing line throughout the Gospels. I know I I interrupted you there. but That's okay. That's okay. So all of this brings me to this one statement, though. So here is Jesus' mother who, one, believes Jesus can do something about it. Two, even though he responded the way she, he did, believes he will do something about it. Mm-hmm. And three, now he she turns—I don't know why I'm getting those statements wrong. She turns to the servants and makes this statement. I'd like to home in on that statement. Do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. Now, i got to think on the servants' part. 
Because what he says is, oh, you see those six jars over there? Fill them to the brim with water. Hey, by the way, those six jars all hold 20 or 30 gallons of that's water. That's a lot of water. That's a lot of water. A lot of water. Those, I don't know how many servants there were, but that's going to be a job. That is going to be a job. draw that much water and haul it around. And then it does not seem that he does anything. He doesn't put anything in the water. He doesn't wave his hands over the water. He doesn't have any incantation. He just has them fill it up, and he says, okay, now go go take some of that to the master of the feast. And i got to think that if I'm a servant, I'm going to be like, no. I know what that is. That's water. <laughs> that's water. I, are you wanting me to get in trouble? <laughs> oh, that's a great point. Do whatever he does, and it is very inconvenient for these servants. Well, it's taking a risk. Yeah. It's taking a big risk. But they do it. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that know where it came from, and it ends up, by the time the master of the feast drinks it, being a better-tasting wine Mm-hmm. than any of the wine they've had in this celebration up to this point. Mm-hmm. And what a fantastic thing. I, if I can just throw this out as an aside, the statement about they normally do the better wine first and then the other later is yeah. not because once they've become drunk, they won't know the difference because obviously the master of the feast was able to tell the difference. Okay. Okay. So it's not that he has drunk a whole lot. I mean, he can still tell the difference and people can tell the difference. It really is more along the lines of you just start with the best. You start with yeah, the best. Yeah. And, of course, as your taste becomes accustomed, mm-hmm. that's that's the issue going on here. But he can still tell the difference. And he says this is better. It's not just that Jesus has turned water to wine, but he's turned it into fantastic wine. Mm-hmm. He's turned it into better tasting wine. He's, ta- he, he's turned it into wine that will gladden the heart even better because of the enjoyment that they can have with this. Yeah. And it all started with servants who were willing to do whatever he told them. Wow. That sounds like that'll preach. (laughs) (laughs) I think that'll preach. Well, I mean, hopefully for at least another four or five minutes. (laughs) I don't think we should pass over this little statement. The, The very first miracle, big sign that John gives us right at the heart of it is you need to do whatever this man says. Mm-hmm. What Whatever this man says is the right thing to do. He doesn't know anything. Well, I say he doesn't know anything. He's not a farmer. He's not a vineyard keeper. But look, right. if you're a servant and you want this thing to go well, do what he says. I think about Peter when he had been fishing all night long and he caught no fishes. You remember yeah. that song yeah. and that, that passage. And Jesus looks out and says, hey, cast your net on the other side. Mm-hmm. And Peter says, we've been doing this all night. I'm the fisherman. Subtext. I'm the fisherman. I know what to Okay, fine, fine, because you've said it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Pulls in this load of fish bigger than he's ever had in his yeah. life. Uh, Jesus not a fisherman, but do whatever he says. And that's the thing I've got to think. You know, Jesus is not the father of my family. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, he never had biological children, mm-hmm. and he never did get married, but in my marriage, I need to do whatever he tells me. Yeah. In my parenting, I need to do whatever he tells me. Yeah. I, I, whatever job, anybody listening to our conversation right now, uh, whatever job they have, I get it. Jesus didn't have that job. But whatever he says is what, what anybody needs to do on their job. Jesus didn't go to school like we go to school. But, man, when I'm at school, I need to do whatever it is that Jesus told me. No matter how weird it seems, no matter how inconvenient, no matter how risky— I need to conduct my life the way Jesus has said to conduct my life. I need to do whatever he tells me. I love that. I I love reading this account and and thinking, where do we see ourselves in this place? And uh, should we have the um, position 
of being able to speak wisdom into the lives of others and just share that message. Whatever he says to you, do it. That was the role that Mary had in this situation, right? Yeah. Okay. And it's important to do that. Uh, could we be the servants? Yes. Could we be the servants and given the instruction of the Lord, though it is going to be work, though it could be a risk, willing to be obedient, willing to take the risk. Is that us? Are we the people in this story who actually are blessed and benefited because of the faithfulness of others? Mm. Okay. There is a, a master or a guest, I should say, who's tasting this now and saying, this, this is the best I've ever had. This, this is incredible. And sometimes I think we need to be humble and recognize we are benefited and we are enjoying blessing now because of the faithfulness of others. Maybe it was our parents who went before us and their faithfulness to the Lord. Okay, maybe it's the goodness of brothers and sisters in Christ and their faithfulness of the Lord. And I'm standing on their shoulders. I am where I am right now because of what they have done. They have, Whatever the Lord had said, they have done. And we ought to recognize that and give thanks for that. As I consider this event, as I consider Mary, as I consider the servants, I think one of the big mistakes that I have made in my life and that I think I'm going to just go ahead and say we, people in general, Christians often make even in this life, is separating things out. Jesus is for church, mm-hmm. but today I'm on the job. Mm. Jesus yeah, definitely. Yeah, Jesus is mean. for my quiet time, but right now I'm at school. And if this miracle teaches us anything about that, it's that Jesus knows best how to conduct my business. Jesus knows best how to live this life in this world. Jesus knows best. He knows the way. If there's anybody in all of human history that that knows how to live this life, it's him. And so... Whether I'm at home, at school, at church, whether we're talking about a specific doctrinal issue or we're just talking about how to conduct myself in my affairs with my employer, with my employees, with mm-hmm. my coworkers, with my family, with my classmates, with my neighbors, Jesus knows how it should be done. And so we need to be, and I appreciate you bringing it up, we need to be Mary, encouraging people just do whatever he says. But we also need to be the servants who just do whatever he says. Yeah. He knows the way. In fact... I think we're going to read somewhere along the line that he is the way. He is the way. I have a buddy who says God's way works. <laughs> I like that guy. Dot com. <laughs> I like that guy. I like that guy. Well, it's time for us to go ahead and wrap up today. Why don't you lead us out in prayer, brother? Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for today and that we can read and meditate and discuss again from John chapter 2 and this sign done at the wedding in Cana of Galilee. Father, we might pray that we might take Mary's words to heart. That whatever Jesus says, do it. And Father, give us the courage to do that. Give us the patience to do that. Give us the willingness and the humility to do that. Because Jesus is our Lord. Whatever he says to do, we do it. Please bless us to that end. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. 
Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna! Christ is captain of the mighty throne.